He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Hospitality, I think, is really all about the guest experience. For me, it starts right from offering the best booking experience to my guests, as well as the best price offering available, um, the best stay experience when they're at my uh, vacation rentals, and the best like departure experience so that they're really on that happiness high when they leave me. And then they become advocates for my business. Guest experience to me is like total hospitality. Yeah. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and I'm so excited because I finally got the famous Nancy from Flarbo on the show. Uh, So for anyone who doesn't know what Flarbo is, Flarbo is a niche regional listing site called Florida Rental by Owners, or also known as Flarbo, and Nancy is one of the co-founders. So Nancy, I'm so excited to have you on. As we were just kind of discussing, uh, it's been about, what, almost a year in the making to finally get <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. Thanks so much. I know I'm totally pumped because I see you elsewhere in the industry since then. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's doing this, he's doing that. So yeah, I'm finally connecting with Will. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. No, And for the, all the listeners... You know, I think what April, May last year, I was on COVID orders, and the last mm-hmm. time we talked was on a cell phone call, and we were talking about a podcast, and it was just really crazy time, I think, for everybody. Right? You had all the restrictions on lockdown stuff with with Florida in the beginning, which yep. definitely impacted Florbo. I was away and like working in a hotel room while also doing all the testing sites, so <laughs> it was just like craziness. And now finally we're here, so. Nancy, I really want to dive into your story because ever since we've connected, we actually mutually connected through um, the book uh, direct show with Damien Sheridan. So um, let's just hear your story. I want to hear like, where did you start in the industry and how'd you get to where you are with Farbo and what you do? Yeah. So, I mean, it started a long time ago, gosh, way back in 2010 or 11 uh, during the recession. So for me, um, I was a director in a, in a company that was going through the recession, having a really hard time, bankruptcy protection. They gave me a golden parachute to get out. So <laughs> it was like, get out now uh, while the going's good. So I did. And I said to my husband one day, you know, let's take our savings and let's go invest in some real estate in Florida. 
Um, it just seemed like the perfect opportunity, the perfect storm. And we did that with our friends and it was just this opportunity that just opened my eyes to a whole new world. And it's a lot like that for so many people, right? Accidental hosts. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was just grew from there. So we have several properties now down there and it's just flourishing like crazy. I love what I do. I have a huge passion for it. And I love the guest experience, obviously. Um, and it just grew from there and just trying to get to be the best host I could. And then that just um, turned into something completely different, which is the Flarbo uh, booking platform. So that's like this next phase, I guess, for us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, so did Flarbo really come from like the like challenges of being a host where you just yeah. like, OK, I'm, maybe there was something with an OTA or lack of control or lack of transparency. Is that kind of what was the birth of, of Flarbo? Yeah, you hit it on the bullseye for sure. It yeah. was, For me, it was um, control mm-hmm. and it was just a situation where, OK, you know, I don't want to just be on one platform, which was BRBO at the time or HomeAway. I guess mm-hmm. it was the HomeAway bundle. And um, I just saw that there was this opportunity for disaster. Yeah. If something happened with this one platform and I was screwed, basically, and this was my livelihood and this was our savings. So mm-hmm. I couldn't let that happen. So that was the really big reason. Um, and then also the changes that had happened over the years as, you know, they became a public company and there was just more and more restrictions on everything that we were trying to do restrictions on communication with the guests, uh, because I used to have a really good uh closing uh, funnel pipeline mm-hmm. um, where I could send my guests to my um, insider guide and my website, which had really lush uh, videos and photos and a lot more information that can be fit onto a listing site. Mm-hmm. And um, for that reason, I could close a lot more sales. So when they restricted that, and then they started restricting more and more with the cancellation policies, which didn't fit in with my uh, cancellation policies. Cause I have a, a guest that books a lot further in advance, usually yeah. a year and um, how I wanted to take my, my funds and, and the refund policies and things like that. So that in, in association with Expedia gobbling up everything um, that was out there practically, yeah. I mean, it just was an explosion of competition. So my performance was decreasing constantly on this OTA mm-hmm. and I had to do something about it. So that's when we got together with Michelle Totino. She's my co-founder of Flarbo with me. And we thought, you know, screw it, quite frankly, you yeah. know, we've got to do something or, you know, this is going to end in disaster. Yeah. So we decided that we were going to go the entire state of Florida because just our little island was not enough to sustain how much work was needed to get uh, put into it to get it done. And um, and that is where we started with Flarbo several years ago. So and then wow. it's just grown ever since. Yeah, so it's, no, it's, it's exciting. It's, yeah, it's really exciting. And so before we get into Flarbo and what it is and like all the work that goes into the back end, I want to know what were like the biggest lessons for yourself being a host and a property manager and then working your way through the years of guest check-ins, check-outs, you know, going through main OTAs um, like like Verbo and Expedia and all these other, you know, channels that have, you know, some kind of reference to short-term rentals. Uh, what were some of the biggest learnings that you grew your business to then be like, okay, I'm going to let this run as it is and I'm going to go take on this adventure? Yeah. So for, again, it kind of goes back to the control issue. So the less control that I was experiencing as a host 
the less performance and the less, oh, the, the lower the ROI. Mm-hmm. And I don't like losing money. Mm-hmm. So I'm <laughs> not sure many people do. <laughs> so that is associated association with, you know, what we mentioned earlier about the OTAs changing their rules. Um, and then initially when we did start renting at our home, we started with the property manager and the property manager really didn't believe in our product of the location of where it was. Mm-hmm. And they were not producing for us. We were outperforming them in terms of, we were also like co-hosting, so to speak, and trying to gain, um, sales and close sales to get more bookings. And we were outpacing our property manager constantly, mm-hmm. you know? So it was a situation where they were getting ticked off and they were trying to fire us. So we went to another property manager and it was the same scenario where they were unable to keep the quality of guest experience that we wanted to keep mm-hmm. all the way through the guest experience. Um, so we felt, again, we had to take a little bit more control. So then we went in alone and, um, and then that was our, uh, direct booking start of our direct booking journey. Mm. And then from there, it was just, um, a fantastic experience in terms of then I can control the entire booking cycle. Then I could control the entire guest experience of their stay. And then I could optimize my business with like affiliate links and increasing jobs per transaction. And, you know, like I, I hate leakage. So for me, it was like, you know, putting candy in front of me. It was a fantastic (laughs) opportunity. (laughs) Well, I like that term leakage, like, cause there's so many minimum, like small transactions within a transaction, right? You have like the guest pays a certain rate and cleaning fee and all this other stuff. But then once it gets to you, it's like, there's, you know, four five, six, maybe 7% gone already. It's like through processing fees and all this other stuff. So yeah, there's, uh, I, I can imagine the, the leakage is, is very, uh, very true. So what were like the big, um, direct booking goals for you when it came to like building a website, having a property management software, that type of stuff? What did you experience when going through that journey? Did you go off OTAs completely or did you use OTAs, but then really try to funnel through that direct booking? Um, yeah. So. so I'm totally honest. I still have um, one OTA that I use mm-hmm. and that's um, part of my bookings, not a lot of bookings. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm booking about 62% direct. Okay. Um, awesome. And then I only keep the OTA around just a little bit. I'm trying to turn it off. Actually, I was going to turn it off for one of my properties uh, because I'm pretty confident I could book it out. But then I got scared when some when a host told me, oh, they're going to only commission if you don't keep your subscription. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, damn, I got to keep the subscription <laughs> on that one until they turn it around. Because they will, They that this is verbo that that's what I heard in the wind. I haven't yeah. substantiated it, but yeah, that's what they're going for commission only. So for us, it was, you know, um, really I went with my own website first while I still had um, the property manager and while I still had the OTA. And then from there, I just optimized as a host all of my social media. Um, so I have, you know, a Facebook page that's probably really sad as of today, cause I'm so busy, but it's got 25,000 followers. Wow. Um, that's pretty and good. That's a, yeah, that's I mean, out of all my social, I get 2 million views per year. So it's, it's decent for somebody who only has three properties. Yeah. So for that, in that respect, I just kind of started to experiment with experiment with processes and mm-hmm. guest nurture campaigns, email marketing and automation. And then I, you know, moved into a property management software. Uh, owner reservations was a really good start for me. Um, they did everything I needed them to do. They synced with QuickBooks. So, I mean, there's a lot of really great software out there that I 
did implement into my core hosting experience. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your welcome tablet. It's great in the house. Love it. That also increases my dollars per transaction affiliate links. Um, There's lots of them out there like touch day and stuff like that. But I mean, all of that was kind of like, you know, integrating it into me, um, optimizing the business, making it automated. So I had to work less, work smarter and gain more money. So that's really, yeah, woohoo. That's what we're about. <laughs> that was yeah. that was it. So then um, from there, it just expanded into, you know, the whole focus on direct booking. And yeah. now that is my that is my sole desire is just to go um, not beholden to anybody else and to just be this driving force in this uh, book direct evolution yeah. right yeah. evolution really yeah. i love it no it's because something that we I, I love so much is that the implementation of tech and automation can really help you back away from the ops and more focus on the guest experience i would rather be spending my time communicating with my guests and planning extras for them and doing all this like cool fun stuff rather than being like okay how do i how do i sync this calendar with this and do that and like you know <laughs> put this on the, you know, I don't know, all the details that go behind the scenes. So I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I think, and then you create these advocates for you. I see 100%. it all the time. It's so yeah. cool. Like yeah. even when I'm just on like a social group or, or travel group and then I see one of my past guests, oh, we stayed with Nancy. She's got an opening and they're tagging all these people yes. and they're trying to sell your property for you. I'm like, this is so <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> gotta be a cool experience to watch. Like seeing like everyone's yeah. selling your property. Like I don't even have to do anything. <laughs> Right. You here. just built this whole pipeline <laughs> because of this guest experience that you created. It's yeah. just so wicked. Yeah. I love that. Well, now now this is the, the big juicy stuff that I want to get into. So the difference between Flarbo and a mainstream OTA. Can you describe what Flarbo really is and what the power of, you know, a version of an OTA, quote unquote, um, like Flarbo is outweighing those, you know, OTA actual, you know, commissions and all the other stuff that, you know, we've already expressed lack of control and everything. Yeah. So for us, Larbo really solves a lot of pain points. So um, we are a book direct site, so we don't charge commissions. We don't charge traveler fees. So we're seeing on the back end, we get to see a lot of the inquiries that come through all the inquiries actually. And we see this huge exodus right now of the travelers saying, you know, oh, we saw this on someplace else, but it's more expensive. Can we book here? You know, it's a huge, huge deal now, especially with COVID. Um, People are really price sensitive. Like there's a lot of unemployment still happening in the world. So it's um, that price comparison is key. And you as a property manager or owner can get one over on your competition, because if you are among the five finalists in this beauty contest of being, you know, the choice for their vacation rental location to go to, and you can offer them something that's $500 less because you're not on an OTA, they're going to go for you for sure. So, I mean, that's one of them. The book direct with the no commissions, no traveler fees is a huge difference. And then um, we also offer like short-term paid ads to help you boost your ranking and occupancy, last minute deals page too. So we offer a lot of what uh, the OTAs don't have to really make sure that your property is optimized the entire year. Um, The host controls the entire booking cycle. So right from the get-go, you can decide if you want to contact the person through phone, which a lot of our old school owners love to do. Text, 
Um, get them on your automation right, right away on your own CRM, get them in your booking cycle and funnel. Um, so you can remarket to them again and again and again, like they're leads for life, right? So you're getting these leads for life right away on uh, a booking site like Flarbow, which is amazing. And then, I mean, I pulled out an, a case study or two of our case studies yeah, that I can just kind of briefly tell. And hopefully everybody can follow along if it's not too quick. But I mean, one of our examples in our annual report is like a homeowner that has five properties and they're booking about a $2,000 a week average and they're 85% occupancy. So if they go from a book direct, no book direct strategy to start, and they go to a book direct strategy that can have maybe 50% of their bookings coming through a book direct channel or, you know, website or platform, they can save like approximately like $22,000, like that's a lot. Like, so I'm sorry, but that's yeah. a heck of a load of money. Yeah. So, and that's based on, you know, the 10% average commission that mm-hmm. people are having to pay because you're paying for both the booking commission and you're paying for the credit card processing, yeah, right? On the exactly. large OTA. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just taking it from a homeowner point of view. Mm-hmm. So $22,000, that's a lot. So then if we look at it on a larger scale, like the property manager case, so the property manager may have a thousand, uh, sorry, a hundred properties, also booking about 2000 a week on average, 85% occupancy. They go from a no book strategy to a 50% booking strategy. They can save like $440,000. That's mind blowing to yeah, me. Like to me, that's like, who the heck wouldn't do this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that's like, that's some um, life in a lot of people's world, a life changing amount of money. Right. A life, yeah. like a game changing amount of money, yeah. especially for yeah. a business when you're able to like, I, I love that you just said, you know, the leakage. So there, there's so many processing fees and commissions that at the end of the day, it is giving you that business currently like it's filling some gaps or some holes. Like we have our main channel for our pr- main property is, is Airbnb, but um, the ability to be able to pull those and take that into our own control, who knows how much we would make off of just getting rid of the guest service fee, less of commission, and only having incorporated our uh, processing fee, which is, yeah. You know, well, I'm going to challenge you. I want yeah. you, I want to challenge you to do the exercise. Okay. Perfect. If half of your bookings came through direct, figure out what that dollar value would be for you. Perfect. And I perfect. bet you it would be worth it. I'll do a part two of this episode on the podcast <laughs> and I'll post all the answers and stuff. And awesome. We'll, yeah, we'll I love it. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, no, that's incredible though. Like just thinking about, especially from a homeowner standpoint, because yeah, I work with homeowners. One that they're either they're either in like I would say like two to three categories, right? Where they're like you, they're like you know what? We're gonna go invest some money and we're gonna get some real estate and help. It, one it helps out with a lot of lifestyle, you know, where they want to travel with their family, their friends, and like have that place to gather. But then also let it, you know, obviously instead of just sitting sitting vacant, uh, make some money for them. And then there's yeah. the p- other people that you know they are kind of like, oh, I don't know like if we can afford it, but it sounds really good. Like I see other people do it. This is supposed to build generational wealth and it's a big risk and they do yeah. it. And so um, then you have those other people that are real estate investors that are just, you know, buying properties left and right. So I think this is something like, you know, $22,000 per homeowner that again can really make or break a mortgage, another year's worth of mortgage, who knows? Um, so it's just, it's incredible. And if you have that case study, I will definitely try to, um, put it on the blog and the show notes for the, the podcast. So that way all the listeners can take a look. I'm a visual person as well. So yeah. if, if you have yeah. anything like that, perfect. I'll put it in the, put it in the show notes. 
Um, yeah, for sure. I love to share data. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. And uh, well, well, obviously geek out about like the uh, book direct show and what you've talked about with, you know, Damien and all of them um, and Heather Bayer, who uh, is all a hundred percent direct bookings now. So it's just crazy. All this stuff that's going on. And it's, so I know cool. I listened to her the other day and I was thinking, Oh my God, yeah, we're always trying to work the numbers, right? The vacation yeah. rental geeks yeah. are always like, I wonder how much money she's banking it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right? With, Cause she's got a lot yeah. of properties. Like 120 so, like, or something right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just did the example, right? Yeah. So <laughs> just imagine that's a lot of money. It's game changing. Um, yeah. So now I want to ask on the back end of stuff, because when we first talked last year, um, I kind of asked briefly and we only had a little amount of time to talk, but was what does it take to build a listing site like this? Yeah. And so I'm really curious to hear the back end side of Larbo and how that actually works and how you guys got it structured to do that. Cause Honestly, if I could duplicate that and put it in like every state, I probably would. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to hear it. You're, yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say it just, it takes a tremendous amount of effort and perseverance for it to grow. I mean, a lot because you have to start off and you have to start researching, okay, what kind of, you know, uh, even code do I want to write it in? And like, you know, do I want to try and use something that's already been um, developed, but then I'm going to be beholden to that company for all the ticketing and support, et cetera. So it's, it's really, uh, it takes a lot of research, first of all. And it, it, um, especially when you look at the differences, because when you look at the differences of a property management website and a booking platform website, they're night and day. So and they may look the same on the front end, but certainly on the back end, they're completely different because you're not only, you've got multiple users, yes, but you've got a completely different email situ- situation going on in the back where you're letting, allowing the owner to email back and forth with the traveler. I mean, and you know how that all works in the back end. You've got, um, you know, you're, you have to basically build an entire company. So from your developers, your website developers, your customer service, you got to set up your accounting team. You got to set up your legal team, right? To make sure you're operating correctly in all the state that you're in or the country you're in. You got to set up your sales team, which is going to get you your supply. You got to set up your CRM to manage all of your customers, both the travelers and the owners and the hosts. Then you got to worry about your marketing, right? And your advertising. Which and, is next. And, and then, and, and then <laughs> next level, you got to start working on your partnerships for your referral websites. And then you're networking with all of these different companies because it takes a while to work out deals with um, partnerships and referral sites. Like it's not a one and done. Everybody's like, oh yeah, you're new. We'll bring you on board. Sometimes it took us over two years to work on our first integration to get somebody to integrate with us. So it's perseverance for sure. And then you got to work on your publicity, like, you know, what we're doing here with podcasts and getting your name out. And then finally you got to work on optimization. So you got to make sure that not only do you have a good product to start with, but you know, there's stuff that's going to happen along the way where maybe your business module, you didn't set it up perfectly. You got to tear down some code in the back end. You got to rebuild it up, which is actually what we're in a stage of right now, where I'm really excited for a next software rollout, which should happen within a month. Um, so yeah, those are like the building blocks that you have to think about. And then you're focusing, like I said, on the two pronged approach, which is the travelers and the suppliers that you have to, you know, uh, set up your systems and protocols and processes for. 
And then um, what a lot of people don't know is that, um, you know, that the booking platform is different than a listing directory. And there's a lot of scammy websites out there right now who are posing as a booking platform, but really they're like listing directories. They'll only take your information down, even though they say, oh, look at your bookings and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll put your site up and then they'll take your money and forget about it. I mean, there's a lot out there. If you're looking at any booking platform, I give you this tip. Do not invest in anybody who's charging you less than $100 because there's no way anybody is making any money if they're advertising and marketing for you for less than that money. And it's probably even then it's a little, maybe a startup and that they're just trying to get you on board at the first time. And then, so the ones that are like $40, stay away from those completely. And um, there's other tools that you can use out there too to kind of see their rankings and see how much traffic they're getting, which kind of is a little more difficult for the average owner. But but that's 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 a huge difference. It's not just setting up a website and like, oh, I'm going to watch the money roll in. It's nothing like that whatsoever. And then like when you get to the stage where we're at, I mean, we've been open for business for about four years now. Like scaling up is. It's fun, but you still have to research a lot of like software, um, finding out what you need at this stage that you're in as a company and, you know, what kind of modules you need to bring in to optimize your business and improve and provide a great product and manage your sales and all that kind of stuff. So, gosh, that was a mouthful. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, how do you basic? (laughs) How do you have enough time in the day to even do all of this? It's a, right like oh my god we gosh. wonder sometimes yeah I, I i don't think i've taken a full day off very rarely in the past four years goodness gracious yeah, yeah. that sounds like again like you said a whole new business that would probably dedicate like i I just see you as like elon musk just like sleeping in the office and being like yep i'm fine i'm fine i'm only on four hours of sleep it's okay and back to the factory like we're going yeah. like, that's just so oh, totally. i was up at 5 a.m this morning like oh i'm gonna i want to listen to this and i want to read this and i want to educate myself on that because that is going to be this in my website and i'm yeah. going to be like and you're constantly thinking of stuff and you're like yeah i'm gonna grow it that way <laughs> <laughs> the entrepreneur dream never never stops like it just never keeps and that just keeps evolving and evolving evolving gosh yeah. that's so crazy well so speaking of evolving, what has COVID done in order for you guys and your business to continue to evolve? I'm just probably yeah. cause I mean, in we, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We talked a, a year ago and it yeah. was just like, whoa, it was so it was scary. It was super scary back then when we were like the state of Florida was closed down for a good two and a half months, I think it was for yeah. vacation rentals. So at that time, everybody was panicking. All of our suppliers are what I call my suppliers, which are our hosts. Um, they they really didn't know what to do. There was a multiple level of executive orders coming out from the state level to the municipal level. And then the county was getting involved and it was just a hodgepodge. And because we're so fragmented, because there's like, uh, I don't even know how many, like hundreds of thousands of vacation rental hosts and property managers in Florida, it was just super fragmented. So what we realized at that point, we took a step back and said, okay, what can we do as a booking platform to help our Florida hosts. So really there was a lack of knowledge on the government resources and how to safely operate. So we were the first Florida booking platform to uh, get in contact with Florida uh, Vacation Rental Managers Association. We sponsor, we now sponsor all of our members um, to join them for free. 
which is great because we really recognize that there's we've got to help our owners really understand and help navigate to safely operate. So we keep a good name in the community as well, right? And keep everybody Huge. following the rules. Yeah. So this helped us streamline our efforts to safely reopen and you know, because the hotels are still open the entire time. We really needed to fight to get there. And we worked really closely together to um, not only advocate, but also to educate our local governments. Like a lot of our go- local government officials, county level, didn't even know we had a professional Florida business license to operate. So we really had a lot of education and a lot of handholding with our uh, government officials to understand our business understand that we're a professional business more so than what it used to be with a mom and pop idea. And, you know, and now it's booming. So nobody wants to be on a cruise line, which is a huge industry in Florida. Nobody wants to be in a busy hotel or resort. So we've got a huge demand right now. Like it was just a surge, like we didn't expect. And it was fantastic as in the end, after a really scary start, it was fantastic in the end. Well, I was going to say, that's like, again, another whole episode, another conversation, like with, you know, Dave Krauss from Rent Responsibly and Dana, like we've talked about regulations and, you know, Rent Responsibly and what that looks like and how do you get your advocacy, you know, efforts to, that's a whole another advocacy alone on top of Florbo and everything you just described is a job, like a full, full position. So I think it's just, yeah. That stuff, I don't even want to know like all the details in the beginning because I'm just exhausted thinking about all the conversations that we're probably going through, at, you know, <laughs> your inbox and, and through all the phone calls and the government officials. And oh, my holding. God. Petitions yeah. being signed and phone calls being done. And here's a great template to follow it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It was it was I people were saying, oh, you know, COVID, you must be doing nothing. I'm like, oh, no. my God. Yeah. I don't think I've ever worked harder in my entire life. Yeah. Well, because it's like the sink or swim aspect comes yeah. in and it and when you have to swim you have to swim because you can't see land forever like mm-hmm. you know, all you see is ocean and you are just swimming and swimming and swimming and it's not easy uh to keep your head above water and that's why i love this episode and was really like excited to have you on because i think the community aspect that you pointed out this gives you a great name in the community this is an educational you we as an industry that's the one thing I've always geeked out about is, you know, how do we bridge the gap between hotels and vacation rentals? And the hotels think that we're very unprofessional, not not me or us exactly, but, you know, short-term rentals. They think of that mom-pop, you know, scenario where it's not professionally cleaned. It's, you know, very, you know, eh, it's whatever. Um, but then the vacation rental side is very much so, no, we are professional. We do have really great cleaning standards. We actually have really professional. We understand the industry. We understand the importance of control of our guest communications and all this other stuff like rate management and yeah like all this stuff is super important it's an uphill climb i think we have we have some work to do in educating the public and it's difficult because the otas are working hard against that yeah so the otas are trying to really um make it scary Mm -hmm. to book directly with somebody you never know what's the unknown it's like oh we'll protect you but you know really Mm -hmm you're getting a really great service from somebody who's working in the industry directly with the guests because we want the guests to come back again and again and again. And guess what? When you're in a local community, like where my vacation rentals are, if you get a bad name, it goes like wildfire. Like there's some people that are in our community where a lot of people will say, do not rent with them, Mm -hmm. but you know, here's all other great alternatives. So, you know, you really, I mean, there's a so and there's so much education out there now, like you said, yeah. with rent responsibly, where 
typical mom and pops who were managing before with no computer savvy, that's not the trend anymore. Like we are, we have really evolved like gangbusters that we're totally professional now. So yeah, no, I think times. Yeah. Well, and it's really exciting because it it just, it shows the work and effort towards it. I think this is what's going to continue to move the industry forward. And we've all heard, you know, um, I know you and I are connected with Matt Landau. So like all the stuff that goes into educating the uh, the hosts themselves is a yeah. one full-time job. To then mm-hmm. educate the public who may travel or not travel is another one. And then the government is another one. So it's like there's three levels of this education tier that it, at the end of the day is so much work. But it's yeah. so worth it because but, it But like to, you said, there's yeah. really good software coming out for a lot of it too. Yes. So not not only like, you know, the different forums and things like that and yeah. guess the host education, but also, you know, um, Chris over in uh, is it Ireland, IPRAC. Yes. So that's an exciting yes. new, like, you know, validating, you know, verifying home, home ownership. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's a tool there to verify travelers and things. Yeah. So there's a lot of great stuff happening now that's really going to help us get to where we need to be. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And we just partnered up on the show with Safely. So like having oh, something perfect. like, yeah, just like having that to- tool and resource in our tech stack alone. And then also for, you know, in our community to be able to educate people on what insurance looks like and how you can use it as a tool and as a protection plan and helps like owner acquisition. And yeah, so it's really good stuff. Yeah. So we're really excited. Um, yeah. So now I have a question for you for market of Flar, you know, Flarbo is really doing well. It sounds like after all this craziness in the beginning uh, for Florida, do you think that this concept behind Flarbo could work in other markets? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting we talked about Matt Landau because I was listening to his podcast with Carl Shepard, yeah. the founder of HomeAway, um, the other day. And he also mentioned that he sees the future, not of the large meta search OTAs that are out there right now, which are kind of saturating the market, but in the niche sites of the like-minded people he was talking about, you know, that can yeah. reach and connect the booking parties. So um, at Flora, we've always really focused hard on like the core of what is unique to the Florida market and the Florida visitor. So that's always what's driven us. So the meta search that we're doing is driven directly for that. So even if you're a niche site that's focusing on, you know, female only travel or, Mm -hmm. you know, pet friendly travel, I mean, there is a, there is a space for that. Absolutely. To be profitable. And then, you know, the large OTAs, like I said, they're just becoming too large, too homogenized. Nobody can stand out. There's way too much competition. I mean, for my own guests, they even have a hard time finding my own homes on the large sites. So they, yeah. you know, they they know me, they know what my home looks like. They know where it is, the location. They still can't find it on yeah. the day. So, you know, um, so these niche site platforms are really differentiating themselves from the OTAs because, you know, they're not like the big box Walmart type stores. And they offer a much different point of difference. And, you know, the traveler's needs are changing. Like we had talked about earlier with the tighter traveler fee issue, you know, so prices really price conscious people are out there. It is growing and they're becoming more savvy. They're they, they know that there's a traveler fee. They know which booking sites have it and they know to actually do a search to try and find a book direct. And then, you know, these people that are doing these niche sites are the area experts. So they can really provide a lot more customer uh, service base. And, you know, you with these niche sites as well, you as a host can really get much jettisoned higher in the rankings. So you're seen first. 
So you have a higher booking conversion. Um, so there's less competition and it just makes good business sense, right? To widen your search net, to make sure that you're not only on one booking platform, but on multiple sites that, and, and of course we talked about making sure you have at least some kind of book direct strategy, yeah. which is a, a much better ROI in terms of saving yourself the commissions and stuff. And then of course, you know, you can, can you can control your cancellation policy completely and not be beholden to the Airbnbs that cancel on you for no reason. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say no reason. Yeah. But I mean, they did the widespread cancellation, whether there was COVID in a region or not. Yeah. And that hurt a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It hurt everybody in the beginning. I remember we lost with our, yeah, we lost over 125K. And <laughs> yeah. that makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely, uh, yeah. That's it's, when you need to really break up with that person. Yeah. <laughs> They not only hurt your feelings and break your heart, but they take your money. So it's always, exactly. it's like, give me my t-shirt back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kick you while you're down. Uh, no, that's, so do you guys have any plans for Flarbo in order to become, are you guys going to try to lead the way for markets or market sites like Flarbo to be created in other? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I can come to you with that first. Yes. yes okay. We are developing. Um, that is part of our new software rollout where we're really trying to focus on um, perfecting our processes and our um, how the website is structured so that we can rinse and repeat. Awesome. And then, and then move this forward to the next stage, which is um, offering out to the public. Um, if somebody else has the desire, tenacity and perseverance to really want to do it yeah. and, uh, it'll be all there set because it was, it was tough. We were like, we did a lot of research and there was nothing out there like this that was really set to go. Most people had only property management software or websites to offer. And, um, yeah, we had to build it. So, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, a lot of work. So no, that's really yeah, cool. Build it, and they will come, right? Yeah, so, exactly. That's what we plan on. <laughs> well, no, that's. What, I'm, I'm glad you were able to answer that question. I was a little nervous because it wasn't on the, our uh, agenda for the day, but I was like, eh, we'll see. I've always been yeah. curious because I think you know I've been talking to um, a few people about advocacy and you know the whole rent, you know, um, not rent responsibly, but the overall like setting up associations for your community, your city, whatever, uh, to, to get the community to come together to, in order, you know, be ready for advocacy efforts. Um, and that, this is something I've been kind of thinking about is like, okay, how do you, how do you use tools like Flarbo in order to educate and use as a case study or implement what you've learned and what you've built in order for other destinations? Because I love that you, for like Flarbo specific, you just created a ton of destination ambassadors a destination yeah. uh, influencer or whatever you want. Like you've just, that's what Flarbo in my eyes has done with these hosts because it's given the tools and the education to then be able to, all right, how do we really hone into the destination and make sure this guest doesn't feel like they're being handled by somebody who's in some other country or some other state, uh, you know, on their couch with their phone and saying, yeah, you can go, you know, Google, <laughs> Google search this restaurant should be good. I don't know. Never eaten there myself, but whatever. So, yeah, it's. I think it's super important for what you're doing. But yeah. I have, any final thoughts on what you guys have uh, discovered from your Flarbo industry report? I kind of saw something about that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I got so much to share. Can I can I fit it all in? Let oh, me try. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, there's the obvious stuff that we've all been talking about the past few months, which are you know, um, COVID change. Like we've had so many newbies. What I call newbies are first time vacation rental guests. Mm -hmm. So really improving your protocols on how to educate 
first time um, guests in your home will return, turn them into repeat guests and using uh, guest apps is a great idea on how to do this so that they're more um, autonomous when they're in your house. Um, we also saw a huge increase in your digital nomads, people working um, no longer in the offices. Um, so making sure you have your high speed internet, um, photos of your high speed internet on your listing site uh, description uh, within the photos. Um, students were web learning too. Uh, university students were kicking off and learning uh, using vacation rentals as learning spaces. We saw a huge increase in pet policies. My pet friendly uh, vacation rentals search type increased year over year, 32%. Whoa. So that was huge for us. Um, you mentioned briefly travel insurance. So that's an opportunity for affiliate commissions. So make sure you don't ignore that as a host. It's a great moneymaker opportunity. And also gives your guest peace of mind that they are covered so that when you're booking direct, it's not, you know, an unknown and really having to educate them because a lot of my guests have no idea about travel insurance. I don't know why, because they're booking my homes at thousands of dollars. So you want to make sure they're protected. And then the flexible cancellation policies, that was a, a, a turning point too, where people want to make sure that they're um, if they had any situation where they have to quarantine, that they might be able to cancel or get a credit. And then technology was huge. It was a game changer this year. So touchless check-in, uh, price comparison aggregators was huge, um, what we saw. And the cleaning apps and protocols was huge. So now I'll get into a lot of the stats of what we saw, which is the juicy stuff. So um, we saw a huge, huge surge in the demand. I mentioned it earlier. So year over year, um, in inquiries, our inquiries increased um, 60%. Our website traffic increased 73% year over year. And that's including that we were closed for two months. And then um, our inquiries, just taking a look at this year, January and February over last year. I don't have March uh, data yet, unfortunately, because the month is not up. Yeah. But inquiries this year to last year in January, uh, February, 281% increase. That's bananas. That's, that's so insane. Right? So if you don't have, a, if you're a property manager, get more inventory. Yeah. <laughs> you need it. Because the demand I'm telling you right now, we're getting called constantly on our, with our customer service team. And it, we cannot meet the demand. There is far outpacing our supply. We need more um, supply chain to meet the demand. Like we're getting way too much travelers and not enough owners. Yeah. Um, the domestic market continues, but we think that we'll still see that change with the vaccinations being rolled out, some mm -hmm. kind of vaccination passport, maybe we're what they're talking about in Europe. So we still see the domestic market strong, but we're going to start seeing that little inching towards international travel, we think, at the, towards the end of the year. And then shorter booking windows, we saw that a lot, where a lot of people are getting fed up in their homes and they're looking for last minute deals, even their though there are none to be had because they're all booking out completely at full price. Um, so they're looking at, they're looking, uh, last year our traditional seasons were completely blurred. So fall is traditionally a slower time in Florida. Forget it. <laughs> it was packed with everybody still working away from offices and web learning. Mm -hmm. So I still see that coming into play this year. Maybe not as strong as the schools go back yeah. into session, but I still see that that will be a trend going forward because I don't believe um, everybody is going to go back into the work environments of an office. Mm -hmm. So that's good news. And then 
Midterm stays, we saw that obviously a lot of people have been talking about that, but midterm and long-term stays, we had a 41% increase in that search type. Wow. It, it's a lot. Yeah. So people are really looking to get away longer snowbird um, stays in Florida. And then popular locations. We saw mostly coastal isolation is what people wanted in Florida. So we saw destinations all along the coast, like Fort Myers, Destin, Anamarie Island, Naples, Fort Walton, Pensacola, Marco Island, like all the coastal locations and definitely not in the urban settings. Um, Orlando suffered, unfortunately, this yeah. year. But yeah, that's that's in the nutshell of what we saw this past so, year. It was so exciting. Much. Stuff. So much data. I love it. I so know. Much. <laughs> Well, so you guys have this available uh, as a, like a report or a PDF, anybody that can download? Yeah. So it's all on our website. It's under the annual report at the footer of our website. Uh, we're happy to share the data um, and share the information with all of our hosts so that they can implement some changes to help maximize their um, dollars per transactions, yeah. improve their uh, booking ratios, and um yeah, well, make I, a better ROI with the booking direct. Yeah, and I see this as a great owner acquisition tool, being able yeah. to have this type of data and kind of educate along the way with new owners that maybe have not experienced this or are looking to expand their portfolio themselves. This is probably game changing for you. So yeah, implement yeah. it. Well, yeah. I will put it on the show notes, but Nancy, I'll let you kind of give us the ability to do a shameless plug shout out. Where can everyone find you more information? Obviously, I'm going to plug everything in the notes, but just want to make sure you have the opportunity. Yeah, so you can visit the website, Florida Rental by Owners, and check it out. Um, like I said, it's exciting time. So in about a month, even look for some more changes happening. Um, you can email me at nancy at com. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, but yeah, I'm any, pretty much anywhere. You can find me on LinkedIn, wherever. Perfect. <laughs> I'm hanging out. <laughs> yes. And uh, I actually think didn't you, we just followed each other on Clubhouse. So we're. Yeah. Now, yeah. I just got on today. Yes. So, <laughs> a little late. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, uh, get ready. It's a little. Uh, a little uh, intense sometimes so you might want to take a break from all the other social medias um, but no this is awesome and i will make sure to put everything in the show notes so all my slick talkers out there you have heard it here directly on slick talk you find all the awesome data all the information about farbo and as things update i will make sure to update the listeners so nancy thank you so much for being on the show i'm so excited to finally get you on and continue to see your journey grow Thanks so much. Well, it was such a pleasure. I love to geek out with all my vacation rental friends. So it was fun. Yes. Geek out <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I could not be more thankful that you chose my podcast to listen to today. Now, I also couldn't be more thankful for the amazing partners and sponsors I have for the show. We have Hostfully.com, NoiseAware.com, and Safely.com, and you can check out more about my sponsors on the Slick Talk website, where I have the sponsors and partners page. Now, thank you for tuning in and enjoy another episode.
What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.